Good evening, and welcome to the Talk It Out podcast. My name is Neil Bailey Harper, and tonight, I'm going to take a leap, y'all. Tonight, I'm off the cuff with, through these eyes, Nana's wedding. Um, I have wanted to tell this story for at least 20, 30 years. Um, and there's a lot to it. I'm actually writing a, a book, which I, through the first couple of chapters, but this, this just felt like today. Listen, today was a day, and every day is a good day, and today was the day. Um, I assisted a few friends, longtime friends, um, with the homecoming and the loss of one sister. And that, that just felt good. It just felt good to be able to give what you can because they asked you to and it, and, and, and it helped or it might have been a little soothing or it might have been whatever it was. But as a musician, you feel those times that you want to, you want to bring comfort. And where I'm at right now has very little to do where the day started, where that was. Um, I am, okay, here's the other thing too. I am one of, one of a large family. And I believe in a lot of ways, and, and I'm not, we're not the only ones, but we're kind of a historic family. There's a lot of families like mine. Um, a lot of families blessed like mine. I am the eighth born of 12 children. And we all grew up in the same household. Um, everybody is still alive. Everybody has passed the half century mark in their life. I come from a family of longevity. My uncles, my aunts lived all to be at least 80. And Nana, Nana was 103. She passed away in 1992, and my first son was born in February of 1992, and I had the forethought, because I do crazy shit like this, to make sure that I got a picture of him on her lap. Four or five generations, she was 103. He was four months old. That's something I'm proud that I did because I wanted to. Because I talked to Nana a lot. Um, here's the thing. My generation has this, we tend to have this mythical uh, image of our parents and our grandparents. And while they provided for us, in most cases they provided for us, and that's all well, it's not all, but it is a good start to have a place, to have a safe place, to have someone provide for you, to give you an opportunity to provide for yourself. That's always a good thing. And with that, there are other things that we talk about with our grandparents. Um, and I'm, I'm a, I was a high school senior in the bicentennial 1976 so you see where I'm coming from with this and some of you probably are there with me from that age point or a little less um, but still our grandparents at that time 
um, were probably, well, they had different challenges than grandparents of today. It was a different world than it is now. So there are things that were different, but we tend to lionize our grandparents because they're ours or our parents because they were ours. And the, the things that they would tell us like uh, do as you told and you know don't, don't ask questions, all that kind of shit was a lot of the way people I knew kind of grew up and grew up around. Um, we weren't always well off in a lot of ways, but we always ate. And what Hillary said, it took a village to raise a child. Your whole block was a village. Your whole city block was a village. And in many cases, it stretched out farther than that. This is Stevie Wonder with Superwoman. So, um, as the story I'm going to tell, or part of the story I'm going to try to tell, I'm not really sure how my 11 siblings would feel about it. But I love them all and I wish for them to understand this is my story through my eyes. I don't tell you all of my business. I will tell you all of the journey. And I remember us coming together when Nana passed in October of 1992. She had just turned 103 years old. And Again, I'll go by numbers, okay? There's one boy, there's five girls, there's girl boy, girl boy, then two more girls. In essence, we are the Marshall Harper Bailey Gardner family. We were all raised in the same household by the same mother and same grandmother, but we were fathered by four different men. The oldest one has one one child. There were five girls that shared the same father. Four of us in the, that shared the same father. And then the youngest were two girls. Well, me being the eighth born child, um, I grew up hearing how much I looked like my father and all of this and that and that. And I think my sister above me, number seven, and I, we kind of had these inquisitive minds. Here's the other thing too, I'm finding out over the years, all of my family is very, very smart. All 12 of us, and I'm not just saying that because I love them and they're my siblings, but we all have really good, really, really cognizant, really good, we're very smart people, okay? Um, and, and we go different ways. Some of us still live in the city of Philadelphia. Some of us moved away from the city of Philadelphia. But the older we get, the closer we get. And that might be sure, that might be the same with most families. The older you get, the closer you get. But with my little section, the Bailey section of the family, um, our father passed when I was seven. Now, he never lived with us. Mickey and I, number seven and I, had seen him a couple of different times. But one of the images I have as a child is seen on weekends. Well, the oldest, number one is 13 years older than me, so we shared a room for a little while and we ate a sandwich of his that we paid dearly for in the backyard one day, but that's another story. But he was out of the house basically. But then there were the five girls, numbers two, three, four, five, and six. 
that all had the same father. And on weekends, maybe once or twice a month, he would come and take them to stay with him. My two youngest sisters shared a father. And on weekends, he would come and assist financially and take them and spend some time with them. The four of us, the Baileys, we had nowhere to go. Not that we weren't happy where we were, but they had other places they could go. They had other relationships. They, we never, ever, there's never been the term half anything in my family. They're my sisters and they're my brothers. Pure, plain, simple, period. But still, when you're six, when you're four, when you're five, and you see your other siblings lining up and going away from you, because there's a world that they have that you don't. It's in your head. Um, but still, we were fed, we were provided for. God gives you more than you know, lots of times. Um, I had a Russian sailor hat when I was nine, 10, 11 years old. And it was one of those little hats, you know, you get anything, Goodwill, we had the hats, and they were just like, they would fold and flat, lay flat, and you open them up and put them on your head. The kind they used to wear on Hogan's Heroes. But I used to use my hat to go to the corner store and steal Tasty Cakes. Tasty Cake had this thing called a honey bun, which fit right into my hat. And for a little bit of time, I'd find a way to get a honey bun in my hat when I left the store. And one time I got stopped by the owner of the store. And I thought, I'm going to get my ass whipped when I get home. See, that was back in when you pick your own switch off the tree days. So I said I was going to get my ass whipped, but he gave me a job. Now, there's a reason why that happened, which we'll get to later on sometime. But God gives you more than you know. So here's an 11-year-old working full-time in a grocery store. Perfect for a family of 12. Well, we had, we had a good environment. And, but we also searched for different things. Um, I remember the day, the time, July 31st, 1965, 1.23 in the afternoon. I don't know why I remembered that time, but number seven proved through records that I was correct. That was the day my father died. Um, I don't know why, but after that, when you grow up hearing people say you look like your father, this is your father, you walk like this, this and that, it kind of hits you. So you want to know, you want to know more about him. And why I love my mother, I always love my mother. Um, I will always love my mother and I will always wish for the things she could have told me about my father. See, a lot of us grew up in that time, again, my brother years later said, no, you don't need to write the book. Well, yeah, I do. For me, I do. But we grew up where it was like, you do what, you, do what you're told and nothing else, or you know, that kind of thing, that shutdown mentality where you got as much information as you needed, and maybe that was the way to go. But it wasn't for some of us. Some of us wanted more. And when you didn't hear what you wanted to hear, you started searching. 
um, I have another brother somewhere. Number seven and I are, are still, still very diligently seeking family. Well, she's doing it a whole lot more diligently than I am, I'll be honest. Because I want to know. But, and I'm also ready for any changes it might bring in my life. But I'm also prepared that I'll never know. I know my brother's name was Fred because Nana told me. Um, Nana was a wicked old lady, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. She married my grandfather. And my, my Nana was very fair-skinned because her father was British, as in white and British. Um, so my great-grandfather was white. And he moved into North Philly, he had to leave his family, he moved into North Philly. So my grandmother was very fair, very fair. And when I say wicked, um, again, through my eyes at that time, that's what you saw. But maybe through her eyes, she saw 12 mouths to feed with just her daughter and her. And the other thing I knew about my grandmother, which I got in conversations years later, was that her husband, my grandfather, passed away in 1951. My grandmother lived to be 103 years old. Her brothers lived to be 99 and 96. But the last time they were all in the same room together, was when her husband died in 1951. Things you want to know. Now, I did see one of my uncles, Uncle White, and he lived in Philadelphia. The other one lived in Virginia. But they, they lived another 50 years and they never shared the same space together. See, a lot of, a lot of families, well, my family, and other families I knew in the city, have a kind of a distant closeness. Where you grow up doing what you do in your place in your time, and there was not, there was no big Thanksgiving, and you would come to our house. And no, 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 we would all be there. When you got twelve people to feed, mother and father, maybe a few others. That's a big family already. That's enough people. But I always wondered why they were never in the same room. And my grandmother believed in physical punishment as part of control. Again, we had a nice backyard with a tree. And through her kindness, we were allowed to pick our own switches. If you got one that didn't work, you know, you'd have to go back and get another one. And she always went for the right part, the shin. You know, the little shin part of your legs, the bottom part of your legs, partly because she was kind of short and we were running really fast. And that's, if you're jumping and running at the same time, that's what she's gonna catch. But that kind of thing. and. I just remember her, with me being a musician, had playing a saxophone in, in junior high school and high school, and the organ early on. I just remember that, never hearing her say anything positive about the music. Because it wasn't about the music. It was about the noise I was making in the house. For years, I mean, it went through that same thing. It was, she had this sarcastic venom about her. If she were um, coming downstairs and a neighbor walked by and said, how you doing, Nana? 
they say, hi, Nana. She might say, no, not yet, because she liked teacher scotch. Um, and she lost her sight at 87. And I remember going away to college when she was 84 and saying to myself, well, I better talk to her now because she might not be here when I graduate. Yeah, no. She was there another 19 years. So we had some nice conversations and I found out that I don't know if she thought she was testing me with her venom, but somehow I just overcame it. So when I got to college, she wanted to, she was without her sight and she wanted to know about the world then. How was the world then? Tell me about things now that she could mentally picture. And I guess it's because I went away. My, my, my younger brother, number 10, he went away too. Same thing, he, he did a high school thesis on her. So when I speak of Nana's wedding, I'm speaking of the day she passed and the day we all got together because death was new to our immediate family. Stay with me on this, y'all. Through these eyes, Nana's wedding, I saw a lot and I see a lot. And it comes back to me just wanting to know the truth about things, who I am, that other part of me that I don't know. And if you feel that and you know that and you, and you, you have that kind of thing too, you understand what I'm talking about. So I'll keep talking about it. I'll talk to you. You talk to me. This is the Talk It Out podcast. Through these eyes, Nana's wedding. We'll talk some more. Have a good night.